Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Monday edition, hour number two of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. We'll take your calls, 869-1240. Always open on a Monday. It's reaction time to what we saw over the weekend. A lot of good things to react to this weekend in our part of the world. Just a really fun football weekend uh, in the NFL and in college as well. As boy, oh boy, you know, we got uh, we got an opportunity to do some special things this year. We've talked about the Chiefs. We've talked about KU. Let's talk about K-State. This is interesting, Tom. I think K-State is right where I thought they would be, which is very much in the mix to win a Big 12 title this year. The Tulane game seems like a very much an outlier now, now that we're another game separated away from it. It seems like a game where they overlooked Tulane and and didn't pull enough out of the playbook. And here we go in the two games since. The offense has looked fine. Now, it went stale a little bit in the middle of that game, but the same things that made the offense great against Oklahoma and against Missouri made them look great again against Tech when they allow Adrian Martinez to use that athleticism. They're great. He's not going to sit back and sling it. That's just not what they're going to do. He threw it fewer than 20 times. It was efficient when they needed the passing game to be there. They got a little bit out of it. But what they're doing to keep Deuce Vaughn, you know, from defenses being able to lock in is letting Adrian Martinez run, and it's working. And it's going to be difficult for teams to stop if they can play a high level of defense. Now, Tech... Moved the ball on them pretty well. That by far wasn't, you know, it wasn't K-State's best defensive effort. But I think the offense that we're beginning to see develop, I don't think it's a, oh my gosh, Colin Klein doesn't know how to call a passing game. I don't think they have the capability to throw the ball around a ton. But now there's creativity in running it that's allowing Deuce Vaughn to stay dominant. And that's, I feel great about K-State right now. 
man, I still, I, I disagree a little bit about the word capability. Like, and I've said that a few different times. Like, I, I, I think they do have the capability. I just don't think they need to, to. throw it. Yeah, I think Adrian Martinez, I mean, mm. we, yeah, he's not going to throw it for, you know, a, a high number of yards, but he has the capability to do that when they need him to. We've seen that the last two weeks. I just don't think they have to. I think that they can rely on what he can do with his legs and they can rely on what Deuce Vaughn can do. Uh, I think they can. I just don't think they need to. And with, if you can take Tulane out of the rearview mirror a little bit, you know, like that was an anomaly um, the, the way that that whole game offensively went down for Kansas state. This is the true K state. This is the, the way that K state operates offensively and will continue to operate and it's been effective and it's been efficient. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I bristle at the word capability because I do think Adrian Martinez can throw it. He was 12 but of 19 with a touchdown pass. What do you base him throwing? He, he's never thrown. We've seen him as a starter now for almost five years. I look at his statistics the last two weeks. I mean, he was 12 of 19 on Saturday with the touchdown thrown. He, he, he right. I'm not saying he, he can't, I'm not I mean, saying he can't throw the ball. What I'm saying is he's not, they're not going to all of a sudden become a passing offense. Like they're well, no, never no, that's, going that's to, that's not their identity. That's not who they right. are. But, but, but I, for I, a minute there against Tulane, it, it, it looked like they had to find that somewhere. That's, that's the, when they played too late, because we didn't see it at all against South Dakota or Mizzou. We didn't need to see it against them. Like, at that point, why even do anything, right? They were so dominant. But they still they still ran him a little bit. And then Tulane happened, and they needed it against Tulane, and they couldn't find it, right? That was the concern at that point. It felt like it felt with Will Howard last year. They couldn't throw the ball when they needed to throw the ball. I think that they can throw it when they need to throw it now, but they're never going to become a passing offense. That won't. That's not going to happen. Like we got, I've got to like erase that from my mind because that's not what Adrian Martinez is. But what they have unlocked, and it feels a little like Colin Klein when he was a player. Now, the designed runs and the way they're designing runs for him. If you look at the, you know, just even statistically, because it felt like early in the year he was just scrambling and running. Right now they're designing all this run action. And it's fantastic. It does look different in that way. Yeah, if they need to pick up a third and six, he's capable. But if they need to pick up a third and 12, is he through the air? I, I'm not sure. And it doesn't matter. It, my, my point is they've unlocked a different element of Adrian Martinez that we have never seen before. And that's making this offense click at a different level than maybe I thought they were capable of. Because if somebody does lock into Deuce Vaughn now, Adrian Martinez will kill. It's hard to lock into both of those guys. Yeah, I, I think the reason why we saw, you know, that game against, you know, South Dakota, he threw for 53 yards on 15 attempts, 101 yards against Missouri on 20 attempts and under a 50% uh, completion rate, only 150 yards on 31 attempts against Tulane. The reason why we're, we're starting to see that tick up a little bit, yeah, he's never going to be a gunslinger. That's not Adrian Martinez, but we've, we've seen that tick up over the last couple of weeks and be more efficient is because of what he can do with his legs. I mean, defenses and defensive coordinators have to respect the fact that Colin Klein could very easily call a design quarterback run. And that's what Adrian Martinez is going to do. And that's why, yeah, he might've only thrown for 116 yards, but he had 12 completions on Saturday against Texas tech. And so I, I, I feel like, 
your question about can Adrian Martinez convert a third and 12 when he needs to, and I don't care if he's going to convert it with his arm or with his legs. I think he can. I think he absolutely can one way or another. And if that ends up being with his legs, awesome. That's what we come have come to expect from him. But I think he can do it with his arm too. I just don't think he necessarily always has to. And so I go back to, I've said this about Adrian Martinez since day one, that I don't, I, I wholeheartedly do not believe, and don't get me wrong, I'm not an Adrian Martinez bandwagoner. I don't think he's this insanely incredible quarterback, but I've said it since day one. I don't feel like it's it's not the case that he doesn't have the ability. It's that he hasn't needed to, and that's not the way that his game uh, that's that's not a strength of his necessarily. I think he I don't I don't know if that makes any sense. It's not that I don't think he can't. I just don't think he has to. He right that and that, and I think we're agreeing and taking a different path to the same place. I don't think they need him to do that. I I don't know if he can or he can't. The one time they really desperately needed him to, he didn't in the two lane game. And that was a really bad performance in in passing game efficiency. Uh, but but I don't anymore since I don't think they need him to because I'm not sure how as an opposing defense you are going to account for both he and Deuce Vaughn in the run game and that unlocks a level of this offense that if they play the level of defense that we think that they're capable of or at least I do which is as good of defense as is will be played in this league this year. That is a lethal combination. It allows, you know, K-State will be allowed to control pace of games and all these things. You know, the Achilles heel of K-State will be if they ever something happens and they get down big early. That's, I think, the big concern for K-State and them being at their best. But that's an okay concern because you'll take your chances there when you're a team that prides itself on great special teams, great defense, and not making mistakes. You know, you you eliminate the likelihood of that happening. Of course, it's always possible, but I, I just feel like their strengths are really starting to come together and create this dynamic that we've seen among the best K State teams we've seen. Right, the Colin Klein years, uh, the Bishop. Like they, when they can do this with their quarterback, historically, when they have one of these really good defenses, that's when K State's at its best, and. You know, they come into this game this week. Oddly enough, it's a small margin again. People like Iowa State. K-State's favored by two. I mean, I can't get to my apps fast enough for that because I think this is a fantastic matchup for Farmageddon, right? Iowa State prides itself on defense and all these things. Doesn't this feel like K-State's just a better version of Iowa State? Yeah, I think so. And and ultimately what it comes down to is the way that Kansas State starts the game against Iowa State. And we've seen this the last two weeks against OU. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead, finished the first quarter 14-7. On Saturday against Texas Tech, they jumped out to a 13-0 lead and shut out Texas Tech in the first quarter. That's That's a trend. I mean, we've seen that more than one time now, two weeks in a row. And for Kansas State to be able to play from the lead – uh, it, that's going to continue to be the, the way that it goes. I mean, Iowa State, when they're in a position where they've got to sit back and try to play from behind, I'm not necessarily sure that's Matt Campbell's team's strength. And so if they can jump out to an early lead again, make it three weeks in a row, 
I think that's going to bode well for Kansas State. And Iowa State's good enough defensively. Look, I I, I don't want to knock Iowa State because I do think they're well. One, they're much better than we thought they'd be this year, I for sure. But they're they're not they're not a pushover by any. I don't think anybody in the league is. By the way, this year, I think the no. league top to bottom is really good. I don't even think West Virginia is a pushover. Um, but I, I just I love this for Kansas State, and it's an opportunity. And now, look if you're if you're in Manhattan and you're Kansas State. You're getting some built-in bulletin board material, too. If you're Kansas State, you're angry, right, that Kansas jumped you in the top 25. I would be. Do we—I'll ask you because you you have an affinity for KU off, you know, not not as, you know, because we'll always talk about it, you know, as non-fans anytime we talk about anything right. on this show. But even as a KU fan, I mean, are you buying that Kansas is better than Kansas State? Because I'm not. But if I'm Kansas State and climbing, I use that every day, all day, every day. I put that top 25 right on the bulletin board and say, look at this. They think Kansas is better than us. Yeah, uh, I at this moment right now, I do not think that Kansas is a better football team than Kansas State. Um, I I think that because of of what Chris Kleiman has been able to build, um, you know, he's there ahead in the progress uh, for their program further ahead than what Kansas is. Um, Kansas has had a remarkable start to their season. Um, of course, they're getting all the attention because of, you know, just the fact that they've come back from the grave uh, and it's been so long. But if I'm Kansas State right now, yeah, you mentioned bulletin board material, but I also kind of like the idea of just going about our business and letting the attention be elsewhere while we just go and and we compete for a Big 12 title and, you know, let let teams sleep on us a little bit. Let the attention go, you know, an hour or so further to the east and let let college game day go there. And we're the Wildcats and we're just going to go out and win. That's just what we're going to do. And yeah. we'll see where things stand. The final game of the season for the Sunflower Showdown. If I'm a Wildcat, I like that. That's what I want. I want to be able to just go out and handle my business and, you know, stay ranked and continue to climb, compete for a Big 12 title. Because um, I think that they're in the mix. And, you know, we were talking about what Oklahoma State has been able to do this year. I mean, I think ultimately at the very top of the Big 12, it's Oklahoma State. It's Kansas State. It's Kansas and it's Baylor. Like those are the four teams in my mind that stand out as the upper echelon right this second in the Big 12. Kansas State fully, uh, fully controls its own destiny. And so, yeah, I, I you mentioned bulletin board material, but I don't know if necessarily that's the way this program operates. I think they just operate on. Well, we're going to go out and handle our business. Yeah, they, they absolutely. I agree with that. But I do think these kids notice, right, that game day is going down there. Like you can they, they know. They know this, and 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 it's a good thing if they use it and just handle their business. Because the reality is, if they keep winning and Oklahoma State keeps winning, game day will be right right there in Manhattan when Oklahoma State rolls in on October 29th. Because if if both of those teams keep winning their games up until that point, you're probably going to have like a top ten showdown at that point. Um, Kansas State, they got to go to Iowa State and win, then they got to go to TCU and win. And again, I don't know what to make of TCU other than they're really, really fast and athletic. So we're going to see this weekend because that, that game gets really interesting for K-State there too. But yeah, handle your business. Do what so, you need to do. Control this because they're they're built on control right now. Their strength is control right now. 
Yeah. You mentioned the next couple of weeks with TCU and Oklahoma State and game day potentially, you know, depending on how things play out on October 29th when the Cowboys come to Manhattan. What do you think the odds are? I'm going to have you, you know, look into your crystal ball long term. What do you think the odds are less than two months from now, November 26th, that Thanksgiving weekend that we have a Sunflower Showdown in Manhattan with two ranked teams? Is is that ranked, possible? Ranked, yes. Now, uh, I think there's a possibility that they're both ultimately where they are right now because they will have lost a game or whatever before that point. But yes, I think it's very possible that they're ranked. Um, I, I just... It's it's an exciting time, and the, and the expectations for K State are far more. There's far more pressure in those expectations than there are for Kansas. Kansas still, as real as we both think that they are, because look, I, I mean, we're making money on them every weekend, right? I take them on the money line for a reason because I think they're going to win these games. So I'm obviously, I'm putting my money on the fact that I think they're for real. I do think they're for real. But there is so much novelty still involved with the overall feel of this for Kansas. There's an ex- Where there's novelty for Kansas, there's expectation for Kansas State, if that makes sense. Kansas State absolutely expected to be in this position, and it will be disappointing if they fall out of it. At Kansas, while it's very real... This is still very novelty. It's not going to be disappointing if they lose a game or two down the stretch where it will be for Kansas State. That's where a guy with all the experience in the world like Adrian Martinez, I think, can be crucial for this team because he's felt this before, right? At, even at Nebraska, like he, he knows what this feels like. And Kansas State, the rest of the roster probably does too based on a couple of years, but I don't think that that pressure is going to be too much for them because I think it existed even before the season started. They're now getting used to the pressure. They they saw what it feels like if you ever let up, and that's what happened against Tulane. So they know they got to go. And and the last two weeks, Oklahoma and Tech, two really, really good wins, they've been tested in both of those games, and they maintained, and they withstood. It would be awesome to see them come in and roll Iowa State. On the road against that defense, they just showed us against Kansas that's probably not going to happen. But it could, and it'd feel really good, and we'll see. But I, I couldn't – you know, Kansas State, I, I feel as good about them now as I did to start the season. And to start the season, I thought they very much should be in the mix to win the Big 12, and I absolutely think that they are. Yeah, I love Kansas State in this matchup against Iowa State. I watched the Cyclones close up two days ago in Lawrence, and yeah, they've got a, a stout defense, but offensively – um, I mean, their their kicking game is is awful, but uh, offensively they just they couldn't get a whole lot going, especially running the football. Um, you know, and and kudos again to the Kansas defense. I know we're talking about the matchup with Kansas State and Iowa State, but offensively, I think that that Iowa State is going to struggle, um, even though it is at home. I, I like Kansas State in this matchup. And going back real quickly to your point, I think that KU is playing with house money. You mentioned the word novelty. I say house money. There are expectations with Kansas State right now. Um, what I've been waiting on all day, and I'm a little bit surprised that that I've not heard it, I've been waiting for you to ask me the question you ask me every week about whether or not if Kansas loses out, yep. is it a disappointment of a season? I'm waiting for that because I've been waiting to give you an answer all along. 
Well, I, I because it's becoming less likely that that's going to happen, but let's present that scenario because it's possible, certainly, that that could happen to Kansas, that we know the stretch that they're about to enter, and we know that it involves now TCU, who's even better than we thought, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Tech, Texas, K-State, all winnable games, but definitely all losable games. So what would your answer be now at 5-0? and oh? Yeah, there's no chance that even if they lose the next seven games that you chalk this season up to a disappointment. There's there in my mind, there's no way. And I thought that way after two and zero, and that continues to be reinforced. And that thought grows each and every week with each and every win Um, five and seven. I mean, come on uh, with college game day, you know, coming this week, even if they lose the last seven games with everything that has uh, been happening, that everything that has occurred over the first five weeks, there's no way that any Kansas fan can chalk that up to a disappointing season. Yeah, it's uh, I, I agree with you. I do think is Jalen Daniels, you know, who knows? He 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 may we'll we'll see on that, whether he's back or he tries to go pro whatever. Um, but th- there's a lot there. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. So it's become l- a little bit less of a concern for me. I do think it will be disappointing if it happens in it in itself. I think if you look at the season at a whole, no. But I think if that played out, you'd be disappointed because it's like, dang you know, whatever it is, one win shy of a bowl or whatever, or or what guys are coming back. That doesn't mean the momentum's not there, though. And and, and I I probably agree with it. But so I, I can't it, it's not going to happen. I, I don't think they're going to lose the next seven games. I mean, it's not, I, I just I think they're better than that. I can say what would be disappointing to me is if Kansas lost the final seven games, which I, I don't think that's going to happen. But if if they lose the final seven games, they finish the year five and seven and they lose Lance Leipold, uh, to wherever <laughs> and I mean, at that point, Daniels goes pro, and, exactly. You know. Then at that point, then I think you can chalk it up to a disappointment. Like you didn't, you didn't catch that lightning in a bottle. But overall, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think that you continue to to build that culture and grow that program. So yeah, wouldn't be disappointing to me at all. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. We can go back to any topics. Eight six nine twelve forty. Tua became a big topic Friday and an even bigger topic over the weekend. We'll try and sort out the latest there. Uh, Tua Tonga Viola, a very messy situation now. Worst case scenario, played itself out. We'll talk about it next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. The Tua effect. Ten players, Tommy, sat down and not allowed to return. Sorry, at least 12 players, according to Yahoo's Charles Robinson, sat down and removed and not allowed to return because of concussion protocols. The protocol has immediately gotten more strict, and it's all because of what happened with Tua. I, you know... When we talked Friday, I said it will take, like, malpractice. Like, it, for, for Tua's situation to be bad, it would have been malpractice. And I don't know whether that happened, but I know that the union requested that the independent doctors who evaluated Tua in the Bills game be fired. So perhaps there was malpractice involved, and that obviously changes everything into the magnitude of this situation. I'm waiting. I, I'm waiting for you to tell me that I was right. 
Um, that there was malpractice. I mean, I you know I don't know how I'm supposed to predict malpractice if doctors you know on several levels are saying one thing. I I, I don't know. I, you were right in the sense that there was more to it, but I don't think that the dolphins got it wrong. I think the dolphins listened to all the doctors. You know, everyone wants to blame the dolphins. I don't think this was the dolphins' fault. I don't think this was Mike McDaniel's fault. No, and this was absolutely. I feel bad for for Mike McDaniel. I mean, he's right. going off of the information that he's given. Um, you know, he he doesn't make those decisions on the policy or the way that the protocols are being followed. He's getting word that the quarterback is cleared and he's going to put the quarterback back in. Uh, so I don't. I mean, I, I don't blame Mike McDaniel, and I don't. I don't necessarily know exactly the way that this protocol works. So I don't know if I should blame the Dolphins either. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure that maybe there's some culpability in that as an organization. Uh, But ultimately, my whole point on Friday was that I was not willing to take it for the benefit of the doubt. I felt like there were significant questions based off of the the eye test of what we all saw from Tua, uh, you know, last Sunday, um, you know, taking on the Bills. And then the fact that I wasn't willing to just say, oh, okay, well, clearly everything is good. And then it wasn't. I felt like there was so much more to the story. And out, and I kept saying this phrase on Friday over and over and over again, out of an, an abundance of caution, there should have been more going into this. And so if, if the policies are changing because of this, good. The policy policies should change because of this. Well, they should have been there in the first place. The reason I had such a hard time with it is because there is the independent medical review happening. That's a part of the policy. Now, if those independent reviewers were not doing what they needed to do, I don't even know who made the mistake there outside of those doctors individually. And again, the union has the ability to fire doctors without like, without cause, basically, if I understand this correctly. Like the, whether they did anything right or wrong or not, which it sounds like beneath the surface and what, what's being like publicly admitted, that there is definitely concern they got something wrong. Even if they got it right, the union could have them fired. That That's within their rights to do that. So that part of it exists too. But as far as, you know, like, because Friday we wanted blame, right? We saw what we saw. I do think it's possible that that concussion lived independently. It doesn't really matter now. Some, but something had to change like that was right. Like we can't if the if anything happened that was wrong, something has to change. And I think the league immediately did that. Right. And they're talking about rule changes that could come into play as early as this week, that if a player basically if they wobble because of any contact like that, they're out. They can't come back. And if you simplify that, I think everybody's OK with that, by the way. I think we'd all be fine if that's the rule. Like, if a guy wobbles after appearing to, you know, take any kind of head blow, and they, they're just not allowed to return, period, no matter what, which is kind of what we saw start to happen yesterday. Is anybody upset with that? I don't think that they are. I think ultimately the players would sign off on that through the players' union. I think the teams, like the NFL, they don't want to have the number one threat to the NFL, the number one threat, and I don't think that there is a close second, is these head injuries and and kids not playing football, right? That's always been the greatest threat to the NFL. More than anything else, and I do, again, I don't think it's close, is what things like we saw happen to Tua due to the game of football all the way down the pipeline to the youth level, Right? Those are the scariest things and the most dangerous things to the league. That's why 
when Buffalo happened, who's gaining from that, right? The NFL doesn't want anything to do with him coming back if he's concussed. The Dolphins don't want anything to do with it. The players' union doesn't. So how is that mistake even possible outside of malpractice? That's where we get to this, and it's like, whoa. That's 100% where it is. And I don't think anybody, and I certainly wasn't advocating for the narrative that there was, you know, some sort of conspiracy going on to ignore the signs, to get to a back in the game, to win that game for the Dolphins. I just think, I think it was missed. I think that it was something that it doesn't matter if it were the team doctors or the independent. I mean, the independent neurologist was fired over the weekend, fired due to by the union missing, within their by you know, the, within they can do that. Remember the the union can do that. right. So um, I, I'm not suggesting that there was any sort of conspiracy to get him back out on the field. I just think that there were mistakes that were made, and what I'm so tired of is this. I, I hate hearing this phrase like well, you're not a doctor, so, or the narrative of, well, we're not doctors, so what do we know? I don't need a medical license to see a guy's head banging off the turf, seeing it with my own eyes, and thinking, okay, that's questionable that he's back into this game. Even even though I'm not a doctor, even though I don't have a medical license, I have eyes that can view a guy's head bouncing off the turf, and then 15 minutes later, he's back out on the field. Let, let You know, four days later, it happens again, and he clearly has an, a head injury this time. And so I think that there are two issues at hand here. Number one is the policy and what sort of policies need to be adjusted and what sort of checklist needs to be in place to protect the players. And then number two, it's the execution of those policies. And how does the NFL, how does the union, how do these teams make sure that the policies that are in place are actually being executed properly? And that's kind of where I think those two things come together. And I, what I'm suggesting is that whether or not the policy right now is in place and it's fine and it is what it is, that's one thing, but clearly it wasn't executed the way that it needed to. And so that, that's sort of where I land on that is that out of an abundance of caution, you have to make sure that when you're dealing with head injuries, that these things are being executed 100% properly. And if that means you hold the player out, for as long as it takes to make sure that everything is being followed by the letter of the law, that's what you have to do. Yeah, well, and that's what's going to happen, right? Like, we, we we saw the change yesterday. I mean, the change happened immediately. There's There was a flaw in the system, and it maybe it was – maybe these this is the only place where that – and maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't even a mistake. I mean, Tommy, the other part of it is maybe they didn't make a mistake. The union fired him because they didn't like what they saw. Right. It was the correct evaluation and it still presented a bad situation. That possibility exists, too. And even in that possibility, the answer is it's not worth the risk. Right. Even if he tested out and 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 they did a great job and he was fine to come back. This conversation right now is not worth it. So, OK, then eliminate it. If a guy's wobbly and woozy, he doesn't get to come back. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, Whether I he's mean, concussed look, or not. Look, if if the Dolphins or the NFL or whatever, if they if they come out and say at the end of all of this that the protocols were followed to the T, then maybe you need a new protocol. Like ultimately, maybe exactly. that's that's, what it that's comes my down point. To. Yep, and right? and they're going to get one because the new protocols there, right? Like we saw twelve guys not allowed to come back in yesterday. Um, it's just you're done. And and honestly, 
that may like it may stink sometimes where we're like, ah, dang it. Like that's a critical thing that happened in this game. So what? Who cares? Right? Because this is far worse. It's far worse to wonder about the long-term effects for Tua right now is far worse than him not being allowed to come into that Buffalo game, even if he was, in fact, fine to do it. Not worth it. And and I no. there's not a coach or a player in the league that if they were allowed to step back from it for a minute, wouldn't agree. In the heat of the moment, a player probably will disagree, and they'll want to fight the doctors for not letting them back in, right? Like, you can imagine that happening, because it will. But, you know, after the game, two days later, when you see all the things that we see now, they're like, you know what? Thanks for thanks for protecting me, basically, because I needed to be protected there, clearly. And there will be times where guys aren't concussed, and they're not allowed to come back in, and that's just going to be a part of it. But it's a better idea than what we are currently sorting through with this Tua situation. Without a doubt. And, you know, it's a good thing. Um, unfortunately, if you can find a silver lining out of all of this, it's a good thing that these sort of things are, are being questioned now and being put into place. These players, they want to play. That's, you know, they're, they're not doctors, right? And exactly. sometimes they probably do need saving from themselves. Uh, they, they need a stringent and completely 100% foolproof policy and protocol in place to prevent this sort of thing from happening. I think a lot of us at the very least probably would say that Tua should not have been allowed to continue in the Buffalo game. Now, even if, you know, and you mentioned this a few minutes ago, you talked about this at length on Friday, you mentioned that you, you still wouldn't be surprised if what happened on Thursday night football was an isolated separate event from what happened against Buffalo. Like those two things may very well have not been related to one another, but I think even you, would say that if you look at the Buffalo game, just by itself, Tua should not have been allowed back out on that field for the second half of the game, independently in the of what Buffalo happened. Game, in the Buffalo game? In the game. Buffalo game, yes. But I do think that he very well could have been allowed to play in the Cincinnati game. Right, I'm not, yeah, um, right. But I'm saying that for the remainder of that Buffalo yeah, sure, game. Yeah, sure, because now we been... know that's a better policy. We know that right. it's, we know that these independent doctors might be, might be, right? capable of getting it wrong and even that remote possibility that we we see now is is there sure i i think it's a better policy um again i say might be because the union can fire them even if they were right like the union has that option and they and they exercised it and i'm not saying that they were right because there are plenty of reports that there is large concern right that they may have gotten it wrong and so Yes, the policy is much better to just say you can't come back against Buffalo, but you can play against Miami. And, yeah, I do think the Miami thing, because we've seen this happen, right? G guys that fight that get knocked out, the hands thing, and all those things happen. So, yeah, it may have happened either way, whether he came back in the Buffalo game or not, and it could have been isolated. It doesn't matter, because now we've seen potential head trauma two games in a row, whether they were related or not. That's dangerous. We know that's yeah. dangerous. Yep. And we're talking about not only career threatening, but life threatening. We're not talking about broken bones, you know, or whatever that, that you see in the NFL. You're talking about somebody's livelihood and just their overall ability to to function in day to day life. And so that's where, you know, you've got to have there's got to be a higher level um, of, of a standard there. Like the standards have to be higher. The, the protocols have to be higher. And I think that 
in name, they were there. Like, I think that the NFL could point back and say, well, look at everything that we do. You know, the battery of tests and all of all of this, you know, when it comes to head injuries or neck injuries or or spine injuries, like we we prioritize that over anything else. And sure, maybe you do. Uh, and I'm again, I'm not saying that there it was any kind of conspiracy to, you know, uh, manipulate the results or ignore right. the symptoms. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that in that moment, at that time, there were mistakes that were clearly made and that things were maybe not diagnosed the way that they, they should be. So again, I go back to saying the only silver lining out of this is that it should force the league. And it looks like it already has been from what we saw yesterday uh, in the slate of games. It should force the league to really look at all right, how do we make sure that this is foolproof moving forward? Yeah, I, I, this is it. I mean, again, I, I, I'm with you. The policy I assumed was, it, it's better than it used to be, but I assumed it was good to go. It's not, and they're going to fix it. And there has been great unity between the union and the league, by the way, in making that change. Like, nobody's taking shots at each other outside of the evaluators, independent evaluators, in the Buffalo game, nobody's taking shots. Like everyone's like, okay, there's a flaw, let's fix it. And that's good to see too, especially when you see how much they don't get along at times. So ugh, hopefully this is better for the game of football. I think it will be. And obviously hopefully two is okay. Who knows when he'll be allowed to come back after what we saw in the Cincinnati game. Uh, let's talk about Monday night football. Tommy's got to step out. So I uh, will say goodbye to Tommy for today. We're going to talk and preview Monday night football. We're going to do a giveaway when we get back, lots to get to here on Sports Daily as we come down the home stretch. Chad Chambers producing for us. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
right, welcome back, everybody, to Sports Daily. Hey, football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently take your game to the next level. With BetMGM, just log into your account, download the BetMGM app, and sign up today. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any pro football game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I've got my first touchdown uh, insurance prop on Ben Skoranek tonight. Uh, taking a long shot play. I hit last night's with uh, with Travis Kelsey, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that was a good one to uh, get in on. First time I've first time I've hit that. Um, it's Monday night. It's a Monday night, and they usually do these on Thursday night too. So you got an opportunity to do that tonight. Let's talk Monday night football here for just a second uh, as we look ahead. It was a good weekend in the college and NFL world for me. It finally, after taking a beating in the NFL, had some success yesterday. I don't really know what to do with this game tonight, quite frankly. Uh, it's it's a hard one for me to see. I, the Niners are, are home favorites by two points. I kind of like the Rams in the game, so might take a money line there. Um, the over-unders at 42.5. Feels like it's been an ovary kind of week, so maybe looking at that. Uh, player props, I haven't really decided if I'm going to get in on any of those yet. I told you about the touchdown score. It's an interesting game, though, uh, in the NFC West. Because I think you've got two teams that feel a little bit desperate here. San Francisco certainly does at one and two if they want to keep the pace with the Rams. The Rams aren't playing well by any means. Stafford hasn't been at the level he was a year ago. So I think both teams have a lot to prove. I think this is a pretty critical early game for both of these teams. And I think it, it's, it's a game that I like any scenario wouldn't surprise me by, by any means on how this thing might play out. Jad, you got to lean on anything with this game tonight? Well, the only thing that makes me, you know, wonder or continuing to look at the 49ers is, is this team better off or worse with Jimmy Garoppolo? And how I is... I think they're better off. I, yeah, I do, I mean, too. I think they're better off, but that's not as much of a tip of the cap to Jimmy G as it was that Lance just didn't look good right. at that point. But I do think they're better with Jimmy G in the short term. Yeah, so... You you know they've got they've got questions at quarterback, but that might be, it might be working out for them. Who knows? It's just uh, that's that's something that makes you look at the 49ers and just not really get it. You know, feels like a totally unpredictable game to me. I don't I don't know how much I'm going to get involved with it, but we'll see as the day goes on. Uh, okay, let's real quick before we come into our final segment, have another giveaway here. We're going to away a four pack of tickets to the Wichita Thunder home opener coming up later this month. And two free T cards to HTO, Open West at 13th and Tyler coming soon east. They'll get you a free cup of sweet or unsweet iced tea. So a four-pack of tickets to the Thunder, two uh, free T cards from HTO. Let's give those away to our second caller and our final break here, 869-1240. We'll come back, put a bow on it next. I'm just 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.